This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal. Gohei hits a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy and blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. You know, I'm just looking at the schedule. Is this weekend the Vegas weekend? Uh, yeah, it is. Who are we playing in Vegas? I'd have to pull it up and take a take a gander. It's the MLB. They do it every year. Multiple teams do it throughout the year. We were there actually during the pandemic, if you remember. I had just gotten off a long East Coast trip with the family. D.C., Philly, then New York. Come back, spend two days washing clothes, and... Then we were off to last Las Vegas, spent two days in Vegas, and then I traveled with the team to uh, Arizona. It was it was literally like a being on the road for almost three weeks. It was over three weeks. And what we didn't know was at the time COVID was raging. So I was in the East Coast when it's raging, right? Then we come back. We go to Vegas around all those people. And then Arizona, and neither one of us got it. It was crazy. Uh, we're playing the Reds this weekend. The Cincinnati, who we played yesterday at a 14-14 shootout. It looks like Bengals, Raiders. Well, hey, let me tell you something. If you can hold Joe Burrow and Cincinnati to 14 <laughs> points, I think, you're, I, I think you realize that we're building something with our pitching staff and our defense if we can hold the mighty Bengals to – a uh, to just two touchdowns. That's a pretty good effort. Late, late, uh, late comeback. Two minute warning left. The A's scored. Uh, I want to say we scored four runs in the ninth or in the top of the ninth inning to tie the game. And you know who I'm giving a good report to in this game in the post game report? Christian Pache. Hey, if you're going to get on here and rip Christian Pache on a daily basis, we're going to give him his credit. Two hits yesterday. That's what we want to see. We want to see guys getting hits. Obviously, when you have 14 runs, a lot of guys get into the action. What do we have going today before the Athletics uh, will be on here in a couple hours? Ryan Spielberg, Spilly, who broadcasts for 
former player broadcast for the Colorado Rockies, but he also, he doesn't know this, we'll be talking about his other show on Sirius XM, uh, Loud Outs, with our buddy C.J. Nikowski from the Texas Rangers, who you hear on this program, and also Brad Lidge. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about they, uh, Rogers are second baseman. One of their best players has hurt his shoulder. He now may be out for the year. What are you going to get to get out of Chris Bryant? And really for me, which I, I we've talked to Dan O'Dowd, the former GM, now with MLB Network, former GM of the Rockies that led them to the World Series against the Red Sox. Is that no seven? Oh six. Oh, they played the oh seven. Was oh seven? Because oh six was Red Sox Cardinals. So seven would have been Philly. No, would have been Rockies and Philly was oh eight and oh nine. I want to say oh seven. I'm going to stick with oh seven. Look it up. That was a long time ago. Hard to believe. Rock pile was yeah. Rocktober. Was it oh seven? Yeah. So Dan O'Dell. So what's the blueprint to win in Colorado? And then also. He's really close to it, and we got to ask, Todd Helton, yes or no, is a Hall of Famer? Yes, Todd Helton's a Hall of Famer. I'm in, right? But not everybody is. Is it fair that we have put a team in Major League Baseball in Colorado, and then when it comes time to honor guys as the great players in the history of our game, what do we do? We say, well, they played in Colorado, and we use it against them. Wait a minute. They're a Major League Baseball franchise. They're one of our 30, and you're going to penalize guys for where they play? I mean, if you're going to tell me if I'm a great player and I get drafted, and I get drafted by the Rockies, we're encouraging players to spend their entire career in one spot, right? Don't we encourage that? Don't we say that's great, that a guy's not just a mercenary going from team to team to team? We like when a guy stays, he's in the community, he's a big part of the, uh, heck, in, in a place like Denver, you're a big part of the state, not only the city. You know, isn't that what we encourage and what we want to see from our players? Instead of hopping around and just going from place to place to place, collecting checks, being mercenaries? And then now, after a guy puts up a great career, we're going to hold it against him? Because he, he was drafted by this team in the city. You put him there, and now you're going to penalize him? It's wrong. So we'll talk to Ryan Spielborgs coming up here at 1030. Uh, Vice President of the Oakland Athletics, Steve Finelli, you got a chance to talk to him about the excitement of the upcoming season and all the things that they've done to Ho-Ho Camp Park down at spring training. There's still a lot of you will start making your way down there in March. We'll talk to him at 11 o'clock. And then Johnny Dosco will be here at 1130. Uh, we might be having technical difficulties with Johnny. Is he struggling? Sloan Park, as I told you, is my favorite park down there. Have you, you haven't been there yet, have you? I have not been to Sloan, no. Sloan is awesome. The Cubs, the Cubs basically bullied Mesa into building them a, well, maybe bully is a little bit of a strong word, but they knew their power. So they used to be at Ho-Ho Cam. First time I ever went to Ho-Ho Cam was when the uh, Cubs were playing there. And they were threatening to leave. Saying, we're going to be out of here. And I don't know if anybody is a bigger power player in Arizona than the Chicago Cubs. Because the Snowbirds, they're coming to Arizona. Chicago, weather this time of year, 
Have you been to Chicago at this this time of year? Only to the airport, but I know what the weather's like there. Have I ever told you I almost froze to death in Chicago? At Soldier Field? No, not at Sol- Soldier Field. I was doing TV for the San Jose Sabercats, the New York Yankees of the Arena League. And we had a game in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So I had to fly into Chicago. And if you guys know anything about Chicago, you're going to have a flight at one spot of the airport. It's it's one of these, like Atlanta and Dallas and Houston. These airports are so massive. Was it O'Hare or Midway? Yeah, O'Hare. Okay. So then y- y- your gate is literally miles away, the, your connector flight. So I'm hustling through. Now, here in the Bay Area, it was great weather. So I'm in shorts and flip-flops. <laughs> and I like to travel in flip-flops, so I really don't have to take off my shoes and do all that. Flip-flops, boop, put it in the bin, you're golden, right? So I I, I did not take into effect. I'm carrying it. I'm, I, it's a one, I think I'm there for like a day. I don't have like bags. I have a suit. I'm traveling with a suit. And I got bags and I, I got overnight. When I say overnight, that's back in my having fun days. Uh, I got I got the overnight wear, and that's it, right? I'm leaving the next day, coming back home. So long story short, go all the way across the airport, find this little gate, and I'm on one of these little puddle jumper planes. You know, it seats like 12. So I get on the plane. I'm seat one. So it's one seat right next to the door. So the door's open because passengers need to come in. Well, this is Chicago, and it's minus something, and I'm next to the door in shorts and flip-flops. And the flight attendant, she's, like, scrambling to find me blankets because, literally, I'm in a golf shirt, shorts, and flip-flops right next to the door. I'm right now. Like, I can see outside, and it's minus something with a wind chill factor. and It was freezing. That's why I almost froze to death on a plane in Chicago. I, I want to circle back to the overnight where I didn't realize Grand Rapids was a big party city. Uh, if you ever want to know about a legendary night in Grand Rapids, Michigan, after the Sabercats got a victory, the great Mike Bird, who is a part of our broadcast with the Oakland Athletics, uh, has worked with NBC Sports Bay Area in California uh, for many years. If Delaire, D.A., our boss, is watching, very good friends with Delaire. Birdie and I had a night that was unbelievable in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We still tell stories. Did you know that Grand Rapids, Michigan is – that's what I tell you. I've been, a, I've, been a, I've been everywhere, man, every major city and even some smaller cities. Did you know Grand Rapids, Michigan is all about the late, great President Gerald Ford? No, but is he from there? Everything is Gerald Ford. So he's from there? Everything is Gerald Ford. The highway, the convention center, the school, Gerald Ford is Grand Rapids, Michigan. If you ever get to Grand Rapids, everything there is named after Gerald Ford. He is their favorite son. Of course, Gerald Ford was a great – Where did you know he was a great football player? He's in the College Football Hall of Fame. I – he played in Michigan, right? Yeah, he's a Michigan Wolverine. Didn't go pro. Why? Because guys that were going to make a lot of money, when I think, believe he went to law school, pro football was just considered, eh, you didn't make a lot of money playing pro football. He went to law school instead 
of going to play uh, pro football. Looking at it right now, Gerald Ford, 30th president of the United States. Uh, turned down offers from the Detroit Lions and Green Bay Packers to go to Yale's law school. Yeah, because they made no money in it. There was there was, this wasn't the NFL, bro. There wasn't flyovers before the game. You didn't have you didn't have you didn't have contracts. You didn't have. I mean, you, you didn't. There was no sponsorship. Pro football was brutal. By the way, when was he? Pre- I was a little kid. Uh, it was in the it was in the seventies. He was the president from seventy four to seventy seven, and then the great peanut farmer Jimmy Carter took over for Ronald Reagan. Yeah, so I was a little kid. The only reason why. I love me some Gerald Ford is my dad used to take Gerald Ford used to play in the golf tournament in San Diego, which used to be known as the Andy Williams is now called the farmers. Gerald Ford would play in it. And my dad would have to do all the arrangements with the secret service. And I, I, I really didn't know this till after my dad died and we were clearing out a bunch of my dad's stuff. Just talking about kind of how humble my dad was a lot like myself. Well, good host always brings it back to you the, think their of dad. Humi- you think of humility, right? <laughs> um, my dad had all these, all these letters and certificates from the Secret Service who would write them to my dad and thank my dad for helping out, you know, because obviously Gerald Ford's a president, and the presidents have Secret Service until they die. So Gerald Ford, the home of Grand Rapids, the king of Grand Rapids. I don't know why I got off on that. All I know is I went back. He passed away in Rancho Rancho Mirage, California. That sounds somewhere down south. The desert, baby. Uh, all I know is it says on here, at the time of his death, he was the longest-lived U.S. president at 93 years and 165 days. 45 days longer than, yes, former actor Ronald Reagan when he was the president. Gerald Ford would show up to a golf tournament and hit, every, hit somebody on almost every shot. <laughs> Seriously, he was so bad. And they were like, <laughs> mm, but he's the president, right? We'll make full circle with the president talk. Wasn't Ronald Reagan a broadcaster for the Cubs at one point? He was an actor, a very successful actor. I don't know if he was a play-by-play guy. He did do some sports. Ronald Reagan himself worked as a sports announcer at WH Radio in Des Moines, Iowa, during the 1930s. He would call Cubs games, but rather than being at the game, he would recreate the action from nothing but a uh, slip of paper by a telegraph operator who was transcribing plays sent by Morse code. There you go. We took it. We made it. And the A's, who are they playing today? The Cubs. Full circle. Yeah, when you when you um, when you go to the American Smithsonian in D.C., that's all about Ameri- American history, and you learn about some of these presidents, like what they did before they came became president. You know, some guys they don't have a big resume. They're politicians, and they're going to be lifelong politicians. There's a lot of other guys who have Jimmy Carter. You mentioned and and. God bless Jimmy Carter, who's in hospice right now. Um, but you think of the peanut farmer and everything Jimmy Carter has done for people before and after as a president. You know, some of these guys, you know, Ronald Reagan was a famous actor. A lot of these guys, some of these guys have amazing resumes before they become president. Interesting. And someday we will have a female president and it'll be the same. Same there. Uh, yesterday, uh, some news and notes. Yes, I, I, I'm kind of. Kind of sad that you've printed out news and notes and you did not mention that Pache had two hits. Uh, I yeah. believe that oh, is I, I, an error by you. I, I, have a, we, that, I have a he has a triple. I forgot, the, I forgot the update after he had the second hit. You, you have to give some love to Pache because that's what we're saying. Every single time he plays, is he hitting? That's the big question. That is the big question. 
Uh, Sodi, three for four with a dinger. Uh, Lawrence Butler continues to stay hot. That is good. But the breakdown, how long was a game that had 8,000 pitchers and it was a 14-14? Back in the day, i.e. last year, a 14-14 spring training game would have been four or four and a half hours. So, all right, let me break it down. Nine pitchers by the A's, nine by the Reds. Oh, my God. 28 total runs scored, 14 apiece. A's had 17 hits. Reds had 12. It was a knock them out, uh, throw down in Goodyear, Arizona, Bengals, Raiders. Three hours and 16 minutes. That's incredible. That's it? Yeah. 14 runs by each team. How many pitchers? Uh, 18 total, nine by each team. And it was only three hours and 16 minutes? Yeah, that is correct. Oh. I'm telling you, it is so amazing to watch all of the get-off-my-lawn guys right now, now that this pitch timer is really showing you how it speeds up the game, that you literally look ridiculous if you criticize it. Uh, Maverick Phillips, our buddy, who is now with the Angels, can't wait to have him more often. Remember, we'd have him on every single time the Rays would come to town once a year. And he would come on, and, I mean, he's just electric. Well, he put out on, on Twitter the other day about how he got sent down last year from Tampa and loved the new rules. And I can't remember who the blue check mark. I think you're totally wrong with all due respect. Baseball shouldn't have a timer. Why? Because it's a thinking's man's game. That's right. Baseball is a thinking man's game. That's why when we see also on Twitter recently, the Padres and somebody else, oh, Padres Dodgers, they did a side-by-side of a playoff game where, was it Baez? Who was on the mound? Oh, Pedro Baez. Pedro Baez was on the mound. It took him minutes, minutes to throw one pitch, one. And they showed this half inning of Dodgers Padres the entire inning, and guys actually got on base. They finished an entire half inning before Baez threw just one pitch in a playoff game. It took minutes to throw one pitch. There was a good one, too. What the hell are you talking about a thinking thing? What? You try to tell me. Okay, any of you jackasses out there who think you really know sports, but you just cover baseball, you have no idea how hard it is to play in the NFL. You've got no idea. You have no idea the responsibility of an NFL quarterback when he goes to the line of scrimmage and everything he's got to know. You guys in baseball, and I don't know why I'm talking. They're not listening anyway. I'm doing this for effect. But you guys in baseball are so ignorant. You're ignorant. If you think Pedro Baez taking minutes to throw one pitch has a ton of things on his mind, you're out of your mind. Do you know how much information an NFL quarterback has to has to go through his head 
All the players, everybody's got to be lined up. He's got to look at the defense. What is the defense is doing? I've got two or three different plays that I've called in the huddle. And based on the defense, I've got to read this all as the time's going. I've got to read this, and I'm going to have to check to one of these plays. Is it the run play to the right? Is it the run play to the left? Or is it the passing play? And I have to make that decision based on the defense. But by the way, they're disguising actually what they're going to do. And you're going to tell me baseball is a thinking man's game? I get in the box and I just hit it. Let me tell you something. A lot of these guys in Major League Baseball have not even studied the rules coming into spring training. And you say it's a thinking man's game? Why are the people who cover our game such idiots? They're idiots. Literally, they're educated people. I mean, I you don't get a degree in baseball. A lot of these writers get a degree in English or who knows, communications, journalism, whatever the hell they get their degree in. But it isn't in it isn't in street smarts and it isn't in business. Maybe we should have we should have new requirements for people to cover this game. Saying that baseball baseball shouldn't have a timer because it's a thinking man's game. My ass. There there was another good one too. I remember the one that you're talking about the the playoff the Dodgers and Padres, there was one Ben Verlander shared on Twitter of the same thing with Pedro Baez, and it showed how many times Jose Altuve could run around the bases for an inside-the-park home run and the time it took him to throw that one pitch. It's incredible. Duvall, the Giants closer, is the cl- – oh, no, the- Kin- Kinsley uh, Jans- Jansen's- is the slowest guy. Who told us this? Oh, it's our buddy Mike Farron. Kenley figured out that he's the slowest guy in baseball by watching MLB Network. He didn't even know. So this offseason, when they're putting in the pitch timer, let's just talk about what a thinking man, thinking's man's game baseball is. Kenley Jansen is so slow. I don't know if, is he the actual slowest guy? Uh, from last year, he's actually the third slowest. Jonathan, right. It's Loisaga, uh, Gallegos from the Cardinals, and then Jansen. So Jansen, he's got to watch MLB Network. No, Red Sox didn't call him. Braves didn't call him the year before. To say, hey, by the way, uh, you need to speed it up. He's actually is the slowest with runners on. Third slowest, nobody on third slowest with runners on. Yes, slowest so, guy. No one called him to say, hey, this this thing's going to affect you probably more than anybody. No one even called him. He had to find out by just in the clubhouse watching TV. He's sitting there in the clubhouse. Uh, oh wow, I'm the slowest guy in baseball. That's the thinking thinking man's game we're talking about. <laughs> You really think these guys are the most brilliant thinkers in the world? Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. It literally is unbelievable. I was trying to see where you, you mentioned Duvall. I was trying to see where he was. Um, I'm not seeing him, but oh, boy. Uh, A-starter J.P. Sears on the mound today was 21st in baseball, 21st, 21st slowest guy in about 27 seconds between pitches with runners on base. He's got to work on that. But I'm trying to see Duvall. I know he's I slow, but. I don't see. I don't. J.P. Sears is super slow? That's what, that's what baseball savant's telling us. I need to get into, and I mentioned it yesterday, I don't know if we're going to have time here, but maybe after Spilly, I've got I've got an idea. If Scott Emerson's going to call me and says, Townie, what should the strategy be this year for our pitchers? I think i got a pretty good strategy to help out A's pitchers to control the running game. The running game's going to be on. It's going to be on like Donkey Kong. And I think it's really important that the A's pitchers, you know, when they say, put it on the tape, 
That's more an NFL reference. But you're going to need to, with all the advanced scouts, so the advanced scouts are going to be looking at the A's, and they're going to be looking at every team, and they're going to say, all right, who's throwing over? Who's bothered by this? Whose cage is rattled by this? And the A's pitchers got to do a really good job of not being rattled. They've got to be by by the time by the time that first week, they've got to show the advanced scouts and they got to put it on the video that they're willing to throw over at any point. And I will get to that in a little bit. I think that is going to be really really important. Cuz as much as I want the A's to now be a track meet and put the pressure on other people's staffs, you're going to need to control the running game. And you know what we might really find out this year, too? Because it's really hard to know who really is a good throwing catcher because most people don't run. You know, in Johnny Bench's day, they ran all the time. So you 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 had a big sample size of Johnny Bench throwing down to second base. You know, in modern-day baseball, oh, Real Muto. Well, really, how many guys even steal in baseball? How would you know? I mean, we used to say, oh, Big Murph. How many guys were stealing? Now we are now we have a good chance that if you got guys, if everybody goes up a little bit, right, if I'm stealing 10 bags a year, I'm now stealing 15. If I'm stealing 18, I'm now stealing 24. If I'm stealing, you know, if I, my God, a guy steal 30, I mean, we might have a guy steal 40, 50, 60, Go crazy, 70 or 80 bags. Now catchers are going to have to throw on a consistent basis. Not just every once in a while try and throw a guy out and you go, oh, my God, look at the release, look at the arm. You're probably going to get tested on a nightly basis. Catchers have not been tested on a nightly basis in a long time. I have no data in front of me to tell you when that was, what year it was, when attempts were at at, at a really big high. But it's been a long time since catchers came to the yard every night going, I got to control the run game. That pitchers, you know, this era of huff and puff and blow your house down pitching, these guys haven't been focused on runners. They hardly throw over. I mean, how many times do you see a right-handed pitcher just do the turn and lob it over, turn and lob it over? I mean, it's not the turn, boom, and trying to put it right on the glove and get a guy. So we're gonna we're, this this and I know some this is not something a lot of people have talked about. This will be a year we're gonna figure out what catchers really can throw night in night out on a consistent basis because you could make the case a throwing catcher, nice to have but not a must. You'd rather have a bat than a guy that can't throw because no one was stealing. What was what was the real benefit? Yeah, I mean, what the thing that people, the argument people use, what when there was not a lot of running was, well, he's a good pitch framer, and that's okay, great. So he still strikes, but now we're going to see guys that are going to be stealing bags more at a, a higher, hopefully at a higher rate. Although we talked about yesterday, Max Scherzer doesn't think so, so it's not going to happen. I talked to Max Scherzer and it, Tim Kirchin and it, the future Hall of Famer said, okay, uh, uh, the ace. Well, not- you know what. Let's just throw out the rules because Max Scherzer has an opinion. We should all change. Yeah, uh, the A's have nine steals in five games so far. Right now, CBS just put out a 
an article, MLB rule changes, what to know about the new pitch clocks, how it's working, and how we could be affected. Oh, I got numbers on it. We can go over after Spilly from ESPN. Coming up next, we're going to do our first training camp. We'll do like the NFL. It's training camp preview time. We're going to our first camp. The Colorado Rockies, Rocktober, the Rock Pile. We're going to break down Colorado next right here on A's Cast Live. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. All righty, it's time to break down the Colorado Rockies with Ryan Spillborgs, the pride of Santa Barbara. And he joins us here once again on A's Cast Live. It's great to have you. And, you know, before we start talking about the Colorado Rockies, we always bring up what great job you guys are doing on SiriusXM. Uh, we have a lot of your guys on. We are just with Jim Duquette down in Arizona. I had to take Farron to dinner while we were down there. Oh, I'm sorry about that. That's oh my- not, that is not very much fun when you have to take Mike Farron to dinner. And I got to pay. You know it's not cheap when you take that guy out to dinner. <laughs> Um, but the show you do, Loud Outs, it's usually the show I'm listening to on the way to the ballpark. Obviously, C.J. Nikowski's a friend of our program with the Rangers. He's in town multiple times a year. Brad Lidge. I love your guys' show. It's the show that's hosted by former players. And as we always get perspective by guys who weren't players, or even I love Power, I, I, I love Power Alley. I mean, in fact, you got a former GM, but you guys doing it as players. Just talk about how really how special your guys' show is, and it's and it's a very unique view of our game. Oh, well, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, we, you know, when it when it was brought to our attention, I really wanted to continue to like get better at broadcasting. I wanted to work on the craft, and so about seven years ago. Uh, as I was getting into my career at MLB Network Radio, I asked our program director, Jordan Greenberg, if there was a possibility that we could do a, a players-hosted show. I wanted to see if I could if I could host a show. And he loved it. He was like, we haven't had that since uh, Kevin Kennedy and, um, and Rob Dibble. And I was like, oh, wow. cool. I was like, let's do it. Let's do it. So I didn't know who my co-host was going to be. And uh, I ended up, you know, you're going to get paired with CJ Nikowski. You're going to start on Saturday mornings at eight o'clock. I was like, perfect. Uh, that way we could we could cut our teeth. And it was kind of like a nice little uh, experimental ground for us to, to work on our craft. And CJ and I worked for about four years. And this was before people were using Zoom as we're doing right now. We almost we would connect on a, on a device, which is called an access unit. And so I could be in Denver, he could be in Atlanta, and then we'd just hear our voices. And so we never met each other for years. For four years, we're working every Saturday, and we never met each other. And we had, you know, we, we were, uh, we knew about each other's families and our wives and our kids. And like we were, we were becoming like really good buddies, but just through work, just through this, this, uh, this call-in show and it, it developed into a really nice friendship. We finally met back in 2019. I joked like that's probably the most nervous I've ever been to meet somebody, 
like I'm not starstruck at all, but to, to meet the person, it was almost like a long lost pen pal or like a long distance relationship with somebody that you've never met. And I, I didn't know how tall CJ was. I didn't Big know what dude. color his eyes were going to be. I didn't yeah. know any of these things. So it was great. And uh, yeah, it's, it's turned into a really fun show. And, and I also think from, from our perspective and you get this, Chris, like broadcasting and the craft of it, it's not like baseball. It takes a really, 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 really long time to get good at it. And it's not something that's natural for most people. It's not something that's natural even for broadcasters. It just takes time. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, we always joke with CJ and we love having him on the show. It's, you know, he's played for almost every team, including Korea. So there's like nothing you can't ask him. Uh, but your guys' show, it, it's second to none. Keep doing a great job. Uh, before we get into, I, I know Brendan Rodgers has gotten hurt and that's not good. And talking about Chris Bryant and the Rockies, there's two things that I want to address with you that I think people don't understand. Number one, how tough it is to play in elevation. I, I, I know a little bit about this. I used to work for the Oakland Raiders. We came there every single year to play the Denver Broncos. And talking to Broncos people, just playing in elevation, everybody just thinks, oh, you get up to the plate, everybody's hitting jacks, you're putting up big, big numbers. People don't understand health-wise playing in elevation, then going to sea level, doing that throughout a year is so hard on people's bodies educate people that playing in denver isn't isn't as easy as people think it is no it's not you come to denver you have an ipa you're hammered you walk <laughs> up the stairs you're winded and and i'll take it away from baseball because yeah. i think most people will understand this nhl the abs they have a better win-loss record at home in the last 10 years than virtually any other hockey team i wonder why same with the Nuggets. And when you come and watch an NBA game, a, a team like, let's say, the Lakers, a big Lakers fan, this happens all the time. You'll hear LeBron James, Anthony Davis, these these players will not play in Denver. Why? Why would, why would the NBA not play games in Denver? Because it's been proven that the players that come here, it impacts their body so much, not just for that one game. They get ran out of the gym almost every time but it impacts them for the days after. So if, if NBA teams are doing this, if NHL teams are noticing a difference, if the NFL sees the same thing, people get ran out of the stadium in Denver. Do you also wonder why the U.S. Olympic training facilities in Colorado Springs, like anybody ever wonder why that's there? Yeah. It's because the elevation. Training at elevation makes it easier for when you go to anywhere else besides here. So you have every single sport is telling you playing at elevation has the has an impact on your body. And so why would it be any different for a baseball game? And imagine extrapolating a 10 game homestand for a baseball team. The first couple of days, it takes a little bit of, of time to get adjusted. Then you're adjusted. You have other teams coming in. Then you go back on the road. It, it just it, it turns into something that very few teams in Major League Baseball have. I will point this out for you, Chris, and you'll appreciate it. There's three teams in Major League Baseball that have truly like an outside variable. It used to be the Texas Rangers with heat. Oh, heat in the summer with Texas, they would fall like flies. They they yeah. they literally would. You could look up their uh, injury list history from summer months, and they they would lead Major League Baseball. Seattle with their travel, they have more travel than any team in Major League Baseball. Seattle. And then Colorado with the altitude. So now you're down to two teams in Seattle and, and Colorado 
that have two variables nobody else deals with. It's fact. And, and you know, you look at boxers, whether it was Mike Tyson, Oscar De La Hoya would always go up to Big Bear to train before their big matches. I mean, there's a reason why. But, yeah, the health process, uh, it, it is brutal. Then the other one I wanted to bring up is there's 30 teams in Major League Baseball. Baseball put a team in Denver. We want players to play and spend their entire career with a place. I believe Todd Helton should be a Baseball Hall of Famer. Uh, always loved my time with him. He's a great guy. I mean, we talked Peyton Manning in the University of Tennessee with him. He's just <laughs> he's great to have on the show. But what a great player, defender, offensive player. And Larry Walker was the same thing. Like, people want to start penalizing guys for playing in Denver. And it's like, wait a minute, if we're going to put a franchise there and we want players to spend their entire career there and be a part of the community, that's what we encourage. We don't want guys going all, to all these different organizations and being mercenaries. You then can't turn around at the end of their career and then bang them for it and say, yeah, we're not going to vote for him. I just think that's wrong. I know how much help means to you. I, I just think it's wrong that we look at a guy like Todd Helton who did everything right, and we're now going to penalize him for playing at Coors Field. Well, and that's that's more of a media bias than, than actual, you know, players that have played against Todd don't look at him as as not a Hall of Famer. It's media bias. It's, it's East Coast bias. We're in a different time zone. Uh, people will point at, you know, the home road splits, and then I say, okay, um, all right, you wanted to play that game. You're going to say that this guy benefited from home road splits. Okay, then let's look at the road splits. Let's truly look at them. And his road splits are better than many Hall of Famers. His OPS numbers on the road are better than many Hall of Famers, better than Ryan Sandberg. You can go better than Tony Gwynn. I mean, like you get you could start throwing names out there and people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't you can't do that. You can't say he's better than Tony Gwynn. I was like, really? Then look up the numbers. And then compare them. I, I get it. Todd didn't have 3,000 hits. And I'm never saying that, that Tony Gwynn isn't one of the best hitters I've ever seen because he was. But when you start really digging into those numbers, that East Coast bias, the mountain time zone bias, the Coors Field bias, it really should be gone. We have enough neutralized stats that show the true story and the true value of, of Todd Helton. So I think he's a Hall of Famer. Um, and, you know, anybody that wants to make an argument against him, you better come with your facts. You better come with facts because I will come back with some too. You know, I, I look at the start of the season. You know, the big but the big news was L.A. losing Gavin Lux. But in division, uh, Brendan Rodgers going down with the dislocated shoulder, uh, could need surgery. Where are we with that? That's that's huge news out of your camp. Yeah, it's too early to tell. I mean, I, I think the Rockies are not optimistic. They're very – I think they're, they're – the. It looks bleak at this moment, but it's also early. Usually when you have some sort of shoulder displacement, you do have shoulder inflammation. You just kind of have to wait uh, before, you know, jumping to a conclusion that he's going to have to have surgery. We do know that Lucas Gilbreth, another reliever for the Rockies, is going to have Tommy John. Uh, so that's not good news. That happened today. So, yeah, the Rockies are in a bad spot, especially if they lose Brendan Rodgers. Rodgers was part of a trade discussion this offseason. Uh I, I thought maybe he might be a trade candidate at some point. And if they don't have that asset, it's clear that they're not going to move him as well. So that's, that is a, it's a, it's a, it's a devastating blow for the Rockies because they can't afford to lose any of their um, everyday position players, especially when they have some sort of trade value as well. You, you look at Bryant, you know, we got to know him a little bit when he came out here, played for the giants. Everybody loved him. Obviously in Chicago, he signs that big deal 
and then can't stay healthy. And that's got to be brutal. Like, you sign this mega deal. You finally sign it. You make a commitment to a franchise. You want to be the franchise guy. Obviously, the ghost of Arenado is still there. And you only play in 45 games. Just how tough was this year for him? And how big is year two for him there in Denver? Well, it's funny. Uh, I mean, if you ask him, he said it was his best baseball year he's had. <laughs> as far as, like, <laughs> no pressure, mental state, family, new family members. His wife gave birth to, to a set of twins. So from, like, his personal lifestyle standpoint and life, he said that was the most enjoyable year he's ever had. Uh, from the Rockies perspective, that can't happen. You need to have Chris Bryant. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the first year of, of a long-term contract. I think the Rockies are trying to forget. Uh, Rockies fans are trying to forget what happened with Nolan, but it's unforgettable. Nolan will be a future Hall of Famer. And so, like, there's no replacing him no matter what. And we've said this, like, the Arenado trade is always going to be a black eye on the Rockies. There's no, there's no way to... No matter what, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. You got a future hall of famer that you traded away. And so like, that's, that's just going to be the fan sentiment. And I agree with it. I mean, I feel the same way. So when it comes to Chris Bryant, I I don't think he has to fill in anybody's shoes. I just think he has to play. Um, And so, so far he's off to a really nice camp and uh, it would just be nice to keep him on the field for as long as possible. You know, we've had Dan O'Dowd on this program now with MLB network, former GM of the Rockies, got the Rockies to the world series and we had a little conversation about this, and, and I'm really interested how you feel about this. If you had a blueprint, because the field there in Denver, I've been on it. It's amazing how big it is, uh, the kind of speed that you need. We've already talked about the wear and tear of elevation. But if you could build a br- blueprint pitching-wise, position player-wise, what would that be to make the Rockies a winner and have a sustainable winner? Uh, I, I mean, it's not gonna be the same thing every single year. That's, that's, I mean, sometimes you'll have good pitching. You, you're going to be short on offense. Other years you're going to have good offense and short on pitching. So I, I think, I think with Colorado, you have to be more nimble than most. Um, they are a top 15 in, in salary, uh, by a franchise, which might surprise people. They actually spend more money this year than the St. Louis Cardinals. So I, I, I do think when it comes to outfield play, I'm a huge advocate for outfield play, especially at Coors Field. Majority of baseballs, you think, like, you hit a ball in the air, it's a homer. It's not true. There's more balls hit in front of outfielders than there are over the heads of outfielders. So I am a advocate. If if I was to use, let's say, like Oakland's model or Tampa Bay's model um, just in a different way, Tampa uses relievers, young, controllable relievers, and runs them over and over and over again through their bullpen. I would probably do the same thing with center field. I would probably look at center field as a youthful spot where I want my center fielder fast. I don't care about the offensive numbers and I just have somebody go get it. And uh, we know that over time at Coors Field, as we've already talked about the wear and tear on the body, if you have young center fielders, 23, 24, 25, 26, then they get into that arbitration eligible and even the free agency, you can let them go. Uh, and just recirculate. And so there's there's one way that you can have you can have a little bit better um, defensive efficiency in the outfield. And then as far as position players, I think you have to be willing to trade position players. I, I don't think the Rockies have in the in years past. And you do have to go out and acquire pitchers because most pitchers they're not going to sign as a free agent. So you have to trade for them. Yeah, that's so true. Get a free the, the days of Daryl Kyle and Mike Hampton. I mean, that that's it's tough to get guys to go there. Uh, let's end on this. You know, for us, 
you know, we're in retool mode, obviously. You know, we we go in our runs. You know, we had 18, 19, 20. We had 12, 13, 14. And then after that, you know, we started retool. But we got some young guys who a lot of people don't know about, but they are exciting. We got some athletes. We got the new rules. I think, you know, the A's, we've always relied on home runs and walks. I think we're going to be stealing a lot of bags this year. For the Rockies, what makes you excited for this camp? What 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 are some names? What are some guys where you go, hey, when you guys are watching on TV, this is what we should be looking for? Uh, I mean, there's some really nice. Uh, first off, there's they've had really nice veteran pitchers for a while. Kyle Freeland's pitched really well. Herman Marcus has pitched really well there. Those are those are really fun arms. Daniel Bard last season got an MVP vote. And if you're like, what? How did a closer get an MVP vote? Yeah, because there was three pitchers in all Major League Baseball that had over 30 saves, had the like over 70 innings pitched and, and like a certain strikeout rate. It was like Edwin Diaz, uh, the the kid from Cleveland, the Guardians and and Daniel Bart. So like there is some really good pitching with the Rockies. Young pitching. Ryan Feltner is pretty exciting. Um, we also have this kid that's going to play shortstop this year named Ezekiel Tovar. Uh, that lit the double A on fire last year. And then a really kind of like hair on fire type player, Zach Veen, uh, who I believe is leading spring training in stolen bases. So there, there are some good athletes. There are some good pitching, um, but this division is really difficult. I think if there's going to be anything that benefits the Rockies and Oakland this year, it's going to be the new schedule. So not having to take on the Astros 19 times <laughs> or the Mariners 19 <laughs> times, uh, I think he's going to benefit just like the Rockies are going to benefit not facing the Dodgers and the Giants 19 times over the course of a year. Yeah, I mean, I, I look back at uh, Tori Lovello we love down in Arizona. He's a former A. You take their record against the Dodgers out, they're over 500. They had, yeah. like, they had a pretty good year. But all mm-hmm. of a sudden you throw that record against the Dodgers in, they're under 500, and you're like, I mean, it's just certain teams. Same thing with the Mariners last year. Got hammered by the Astros. It, it, they got in the playoffs, but, you know, playing – Playing the team that hammers you the most less does not hurt. Yeah, exactly. So I'm glad I'm glad to see that change. I think that's that's something a, a lot of A's fans, Rockies fans are gonna enjoy is seeing other teams that are aren't the Dodgers, Giants, Astros, Mariners. Well, we truly appreciate the time. We always like having you on the program. Just want to let you know we're always out there uh, uh, promoting SiriusXM, the channel. It's second to none when you're driving in your car, and I, I promote it. Hey, it's like The Athletic. You want great journalism? You got to subscribe to it. You, you want a great product, and you want to listen to baseball, Channel 89. Also for football, I love Channel 88. I mean, it's worth subscribing to ter- terrestrial radio. Hey. It's, it's got its issues, but uh, we're always listening to you. I'm listening to you on the way to the ballpark. Your show is fantastic, and let's do this again soon. Okay, anytime, Tony. I appreciate it. Ryan Spielborg, Spilly, join us right here on A's Cast Live, breaking down the Colorado Rockies. And, you know, Bard's actually a great story. Class A is the guy he's speaking of, right? In Cleveland. Yeah, Class but, A. Bard was out of the league for like five years. Yeah, it was like a crazy. Like, all of a sudden he came back, and next thing you know, he was – throwing super hard and i mean it's and he's, uh, he's older too i think he's like 35 or 36 now uh let's see daniel bard is 37 gonna be 38 in june so and 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 spilly mentioned his record or his numbers last year six and four with a 178 era in 57 games 34 saves 69 k's and 16 a third innings pitched for a rocky team that won 68 94 last year he was a bright spot 
obviously Brendan Rodgers led the team in war last year. The the shoulder injury is a bummer for them. They still have some nice young players on the team, like your guy Zach Veen. Um, we, won't have to, we don't have to get into that, but you know Zach Veen. Uh, Ryan, he's going to be up eventually. Ryan McMahon's their second best position. Okay, player. you're throwing me under the bus, <laughs> and they don't even know why you're throwing yeah. me under the bus. Well, I figured you tell the story. I mean, this is years ago. Okay, it's years ago. <laughs> where, where, where you got me to go to a San Jose Giants game that didn't have the ports. They're playing the Fresno Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies now, which is hard to believe, Fresno's a Triple A city with a Triple A ballpark now as an A ball team. And the Rockies, he's the number one pick, right? Yes. He was the bonus baby, playing third. Wasn't he playing third? Or he's an outfielder? He's an outfielder, yeah. I rode this kid. (laughs) When he came up, I was, because no one knows who the heck he is, right? And we knew who he was. And it was, wasn't this his first game ever? Uh, Or one of them. If not, it was one of them, yes. So, as a a proud grown man, I heckled him going, you know, he's got to learn the ropes. This minor league baseball. He was the beer batter. Oh, that's right. He was. He was the beer batter. So if he struck out, beers were half off. So I'm in his ear. I'm in, and he hears me. <laughs> and by the way, other Rocky prospects were turning and looking at me and laughing because I was rat. Let's just say all the years of being in a college bullpen, I learned how to rag pretty good. And I was <laughs> on this kid. And he heard me. And he was. He was overmatched. How's he doing? How is my guy doing? I feel like I helped train him. How Tiger Woods' dad would shake coins and drop stuff as Tiger was in his backswing. I did that for this kid. Well, as Philly mentioned, he leads spring training in uh, solo bases. Okay, him. stop telling me about five games in. Hey, that's let – me, let me Overreaction Monday. Let me see if I can pull up his uh, minor league stats from the past couple of years. He – last year – Last year in high A, high A and double A, or was he only playing in high A last year? Yeah, both. Between both, he hit three, he hit 245, Ooh. 12 home runs, 67 runs driven in. All I remember was, didn't he get like 10 million? He did still 55 bases, though. Didn't he get like 10 million? Uh, I think it was like five. I, whatever he got, I remember just going, this is all we're getting for five million. <laughs> I, I'll just. Never, so I think what we need to do a full circle moment. When, I don't know if we go to Colorado or if they come here. But when Veen gets called up and we play the Rockies here, we have to have him on and be like, "Hey, do you remember? I was the guy heckling you in San Jose in one of your first games. Do you? I was the loser in the stands. What if he's like? What if he goes? Actually, yeah, I do. You were the only guy that got on me the entire year, and it motivated me to be better. Then you know what? I'm like Tony <laughs> Robbins. Uh, expectations for 2023. If the off-season moves, or lack thereof, are any indication this is not a team serious about contending next summer. Fangraphs currently has the Rockies projected for the fewest wins in the majors next season. Wow. Wow. So the Rockies, it's it's tough sledding, right? I mean, you're you're what was Pagoda having? Pagoda has has a, it actually sixty four point four, so actually less wins than, than they projected for for we have they have us at sixty five, they have the Rockies at sixty four. I don't think the division is that as tough as everybody's trying to make it out too. The NL West, yeah. Well, there's some injuries. Dodgers out. are going to be down. Dodgers are not the same team. Well, now, now Dodgers are not. I'm going to go out on a limb. Can I go out on a limb? Uh, sure. 
I need we need to get we need to get you the sailor's hat for Captain Obvious. You're you're a great Captain Obvious. I want to take the sailor's hat, the Captain I, I do Obvious. Have one. I have one. The old spice Captain Obvious. I say the Dodgers aren't going to win 111 this year. Well, really going on a limb on that. I'm one. going out on a limb. <laughs> I'm going out. I'm going to go out. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to go out on that limb, and I'm going to say they don't win 111. All right, that's fair. So well, immediately, wanna... immediately, well, immediately, San Diego, San Francisco, Arizona, Colorado, the records get better because they're they all got hammered by the Dodgers. Even San Diego got hammered. San Diego didn't get theirs until the playoffs. So I'm saying. Everybody gets better immediately because the Dodgers aren't winning 111 games. Do they win 100? No. Wow, that's a bold prediction. I don't think it is. Really? They're still pretty good. Yeah, but 100 games is a lot. Yeah. That is a lot of wins. What was it you said for the last five years they've won on average 104 games? They've won 104, at least 104 games four out of the last five years. That is a tremendous amount of 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 wins i'm saying could the dodgers still win in the 90s yes but you already know like spring training okay walker bueller's not there right no trey turner's not there nope belly justin turner's not there yep belly stinks but yeah okay belly's not there you already know tyler anderson's gone clayton kershaw is not playing for the american team because he couldn't get insurance and the insurance that they wanted to get for him was so expensive for him just to pitch two or three times that he didn't want to pay for it, and neither did baseball. What does that tell you about Clayton Kershaw's health if he can't even get insurance to play in the World Baseball Classic? Yeah, that's never a good sign. Their, their rotation is- I'm not a doctor, nor am I an insurance company, but I'm just saying, if you're so bad... That they said, hey, for you to play, for us to guarantee your contract during the season, you're such a question mark health-wise, it's going to cost millions to insure you for the World Baseball Classic. Even their starting rotation behind that, besides Julio Arias, who's been very good the last yeah. few years. Gonsolin, what's he going to be like this year after winning Wasn't all those games? healthy last year. Uh, Noah Syndergaard. After the All-Star game, right? He st- was, did he start the All-Star game? I, f- I think that, he did, it, the game was at Dodger Stadium, so it would have made sense if he did. I, uh, I Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard? What are you going to get? For, and Dustin May's coming hey, off Tommy John. By the way, you know what I read? You want to know what I read? Noah Syndergaard is really happy in L.A. And because he's happy in L.A., he's a couple ticks up on his fastball. Oh, God. Oh, my. You buying that? Oh, boy. That is spring training garbage. I hate, trust me, if anybody has shoveled spring training garbage before, it's this guy. And I know what spring training garbage looks like. And Noah Syndergaard is spring training. The stories on Cindy. I don't think that's his nickname. No. But uh, <laughs> Noah Syndergaard, Four. I'm not – I'm not. well, I'm making my own name. Oh. Uh, I'm not buying it. Guardy? I'm not buying it. So you, you're telling me you already know Kershaw won't be healthy for out through the whole season. It's just not going to happen. I mean, he's great. He's all future Hall – we can actually say he's a future Hall – I hate the future Hall of Fame thing. You know that on this show because we, we throw it around way too much. He's, Noah Syndergaard is a future. I mean, not Noah. Whoa, I was going to say, whoa. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw is a future Hall of Fame. Oh, we're all really going on a limb on that one, too. But I'm telling you right now, he's not going to be healthy this year 100%. There's no way the Dodgers win 100 games this year. So immediately, Rockies, D-backs, Padres. Giants. 
Giants, everybody's record will be well, a little bit all right, better. Let me give it to you real quick. Here's what their record was in division against each team. Arizona, 14-5. and five. Oh. Colorado, respectively, 11-8. The Rock Pile played them well. San Francisco Giants, who we're going to preview tomorrow with the great Marty Laurie. 15 and 4 against the Giants. Ooh. Padres, 14 and 5. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. The Do- when you win 111 games, you punish people in your division. The Do- the Dodgers- Read that again. Giants lost 15 games against the Dodgers. Padres lost Padres 14. Padres lost 14. This whole the Padres slayed the Dragon, they beat them in a playoff series. Yeah. The Padres haven't slayed any Dragon yet. Rockies lost 11. And the Diamondbacks lost fourteen. I mean, look how different the, the look how different Tory Lavello and the D backs would look if they had a better record just against the Dodgers. I think I think Arizona's gonna take and it. And by the way, I would be so interested in that even though the Rockies it was eleven eight, I'd be very interested what that record is Chavez Ravine versus Coors Field. Is that the Coors Field effect? Uh maybe. I'd have to look at the one that how many. Games I would bet because that's the one thing the Rockies can do. If you're a gambler, remember, Rockies win at home. Give me the Rockies' home record last year. All uh, right, hold on. Traditionally, the Rockies do well at home, according to my gambling friends. Because for some reason, baseball is now into gambling, but people who work for a baseball team Rockies, uh, surprisingly, 41-40 and 40 at home. But for a team that was that bad, they're almost 500. Yeah, Dodgers were 57-24 and 24 at home. See, this is where he's skewing it. You're not telling the story. They were 68-94. That's a horrific season. Yeah. What were they on the road? 27-54. and They're 27. What are they at home? 41-40. and Clearly, the numbers will tell you they were a far more competitive team at home. They were almost 500 at home, awful on the road. Dodgers Dodgers had a losing record versus only two teams last year. Can you guess them? One's an AL team, one's an NL team. Well, some teams are only playing one series. You counting one well, okay. series? Okay, so if you played multiple series, there's only one team they had a losing record to. Uh, I'll go Brewers. Close, same division. Cardinals. Nope. Pirates. That's right. Pirates owned the Dodgers I last year. I should have known it would be a Pirate. Five and one. Oh, you give me tons of ra- – if you watch this show, you'll notice that he gives me the most random-ass questions like – Last year in August, who hit the most doubles with, with two out counts? It's a former pirate who now plays it like that. Being it's like, ah, hell, I don't know. <laughs> you give me the. I'm going to give you. I don't know if it's that random, but I found this last night. Oh, we got to talk about uh, Singa. A uh, great article in the USA Today about Singa, the Japanese pitcher for the Mets. You know? Do you know what the nickname is for his splitter? Uh, no. It's fabulous. The ghost forkball. You can't beat it. I, w- I wish I had a ghost forkball. You know why it's a ghost for- forkball? Because it disappears. Because in Japan, you couldn't see it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> random note that I highlighted. Yes, you know, this is what I... You all watch Netflix, Hulu... You're on your uh, HBO Max. HBO Max. Just for the success. You're watching The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. I'm highlighting and reading baseball stuff. That's what I do. Uh, get the Mandalorian bobblehead of Mark Kotze, May 4th. Yeah, I'm highlighting. I'm going through. I got all this stuff. This is what I do for fun. As you guys are sitting there watching, I don't know what the hell you're watching. I just finished Succession Season 3. Very good show. Yeah, people ask me, hey, what show are you watching? 
I'm watching MLB Network getting ready for the show. I would. I don't have it, though. I'm reading. I'm cruising websites. Not the kind of websites you look like. The kind of websites that I look I'm looking at. I'm looking at baseball stuff. All right, what's, the, what's your random stat before we get to Random, a- random stat. Before we get to A's VP of Sales and Business Operations, Steve Finelli. Who am I? I, as a team, so you got 30 chances. Okay. I, as a team, led the second half in stolen bases and had a success rate of 80.9. Miami Marlins. Think about this, folks. 80%? Anywhere in business, anywhere in life, if you're at 80%, you're killing it. That's, 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 I'd say that's, uh, go on a limb here. It's pretty good. I mean, you talk about Mandalorian. Let's ask Disney. Hey, Disney, if you're up 80%, are you happy? Yeah, I'm sure they are. Yeah. Uh, if you're up 80% in attendance at your at your parks around the world, are you happy? If you're, if you're hey, in, in Disney princess dresses, I don't have to buy them anymore. If you're up 80%, if you're up in Mickey ears, is that good? Yes. Uh, okay, so I feel like this is random. So I threw at the Marlins. I don't think that – the Kansas City Royals. You are strike two. Who – it's actually 80.9. Who led the league in – this is why this is the team, everybody. Once again, if you want to look at uh, futures, over and unders for teams, which is a great bet. Once again, we're baseball employees. We can't bet. It's ridiculous. Like, we can influence a game playing fantasy baseball. Hey, man, you need to go get more stolen bases for, for our fantasy league. Hey, man, I need to go for four tonight. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got 30 bucks on this game tonight, man. You better show up and play. Yeah, they don't want us influencing the game. Um, All right. Who am I? Second half of baseball, 80.9% success rate stealing. This is a team to watch out for this coming year. Is this your opinion or everyone saying to watch out for? I don't know what everybody's saying. I can just give you my okay, opinion. So it's not Texas. My opinion. So it's not Texas. Not then. the range. Screw the range. Arizona. That would be your Arizona Diamondbacks. I call them the snakes. I'm very excited about them. The D-backs stole the most bases after the All-Star break last season at 68. Okay. That's a success rate of 80.9%. So they got this Corbin Carroll kid who's like the yep. fastest kid. I mean, they got like a sprint team and Thomas and McCarthy. All three of these guys, Carroll, Thomas, and McCarthy, remember those names. Three of the 30 fastest players in baseball. Tori Lovello, friend of the program, former A, their manager says, quote, we're a very fast team. We're a very athletic team. I can assure you that we're going to try and maximize our potential to get it to the next base. They're taking who has said now take you gotta own ninety feet. You? I mean that's something I, I could have gone for hours of spillborgs. I could have gone on the new rules. Ninety feet. Taking ninety feet, owning ninety feet, that ninety feet between first to second, that ninety feet from second to third. What was a Ricky Henderson run? Walk. Steal, steal, score on a sack fly. Guess what? Here's another one going out on a limb. If you're on third base, you've got a better chance to score than any other base. 
Yeah, okay. So the more times you get on third base, you got a better chance to have better numbers with runs scored. Because I know with all the analytics that you're into, I know you don't care about runs scored. But last time I checked, you still need to score more runs than the other team to win the game. That's true. That's never changing. Unless it's spring training and there's ties. Whether, you, whether you've got a pitch timer, whether you got bigger bags, no shifting, whether you want weighted runs created plus, woba me to death, X-fit me to death, the number one stat is I still got to score more than the other team. Correct. By the way, the Diamondbacks, uh, Corbin Carroll's is going to be – he's probably their top – actually, he is their top prospect. They have a couple guys coming up, but they're all, a lot of their guys are outfielders. So that's why they traded the guy to uh, Varsha, oh, yeah, Varsha to get another outfielder. Uh, but they also have a lot of uh, good. Um, they have a couple of good positional players coming up, like Jordan Lawler. So they have some guys to watch if you're if you're a fan of the snakes going forward. Uh, if you are subscribing to the Athletic, our national baseball columnist Eno Saris has done an article about. Ten deep sleeper pitches who could deliver for fantasy and MLB teams alike. The second guy on this list is a left-hander out of St. Mary's, now with your Oakland Athletics, Ken Waldachuk. You call him Waldy. Ken Waldachuk, it's a whole breakdown of how good Waldachuk in the Stuff Plus. I'm not going to try to explain it. Hell, I don't know, and I don't care. You either... Stuff plus or not, right? Yes, fact. And that kind of how it works. Yeah. <laughs> you have rating. Eno's got his stuff plus ratings. You're either in it or you're not. It's pretty – I don't need to know why. I just know you're in it or you're not. Uh, because of Waldachuk's fastball changeup combination, which Waldachuk tw- told us in spring training, you can still see that on YouTube, that that final outing where he outdueled Shohei Otani, those seven innings on the last day of the year – he didn't have his good stuff, but he had the old changeup. So his fastball is plus uh, is stuff plus. It's in that range over a hundred, however, whatever the chart is, and his changeup is stuff plus. The question for Waldachuk, Eno's article, can he? He's got a slurvy breaking ball, so it's not, it's not twelve six, and it's not the spinning slider. It's more of a slurve. It's coming this way. He believes if he can get a slider slash cutter and he throws it harder and it's closer to his fastball with less break, that can become a stuff plus pitch and play off his fastball better, hence making the combination of fastball changeup and whatever this breaking ball would be make him a better pitcher. But I saw this last night. This was actually before I went to bed. I thought of you and I chuckled. Do you know what P-P-E-R-A is? Uh, jeez. P-P, lowercase P-P-E-R-A. Not uppercase, lowercase uh, uh, P-P-E-R-A. First thing that pops in my head, I know it's not right, is p- uh, position player E-R-A, but if we're talking about pitchers, it's not right. Um, <laughs> Mike Trout's E-R-A. No. Uh, I have no idea. No. Never even heard of it. P-P-E-R-A. No idea. PowerPoint ERA. Pitching plus projected ERA. <laughs> They're literally just making stuff up. It sounds like it, yes. Yeah. Can you imagine if we sat here and did two hours on some of these analytics that are just, you know. Hey, uh, ERA 9 plus. Uh, here, here's what we're going to do. Today, 
we're going to break down every single A's pitcher and every pitcher in the division to see how the A's stack up against the Astros, Mariners, Rangers. I got everybody. Astros, right? Got Astros, everybody? Angels, Mariners. Oh, Angels. I forgot yeah. the Angels. Uh, don't want to leave our old friend the Rally Monkey out. I, I found the Rally Monkey again. He's back. Uh, we're going to break down the A's versus everybody in the division, every single pitcher's PPERA. We're going to break down the pitching plus projected ERA for everybody. We're going to do that for two hours. Would that be exciting radio? Or I should say streaming. Uh, I'm going to go with no. I don't know how to find that. Where do you even find that? I found it on the Athletic. It's, know, it's it's on the internet. It must be true. Yeah, Eno mentioned it. Right? Or it should be in the internet. I should, I'll have to ask Eno where he finds this. It's probably on Fangraphs. I think he they made it up. That's why it's not on I don't think it is Fangraphs. He made it up. That's what I'm going to go with. It's lowercase. Oh, lowercase. Okay. I was doing a quick Google search. Yeah, the PP. We will, we will get to see Finale. Uh, yeah, it's not even coming up on here. Yeah. P-P-E-R-A. So, everybody out there, get ready. We're going to do two hours on pitching plus projected ERA. Does anybody think that sells? Probably. Well, I mean. I mean, that just doesn't sell. Like, that, that, that that's what baseball needs to get rid of. This doesn't sell. I guarantee you, you put an article out there about P-P-E-R-A, the clicks will be minimal. Who's reading that? I mean that that's not that's not how you sell your sport, right? I mean, my God, if anything, look how the NFL sells your sport, their sport, and try and be more like that because they're brilliant at doing it. Did I say sales? Does I say selling something? Uh, yeah, sorry, I, I'm, right, I'm, I'm get, going through everything on Fangraphs. So I'll keep looking while we while we get to this. Here's the ADD. You like all of a sudden? Are you? I lose track. All right. Did I say sales? Yes. I'm saying you can't sell it. You know who could sell it? Steve Finelli. Steve Finelli, VP of Sales and Business Operations, longtime friend. Uh, you want to talk about a guy that's been around the A's, has spent basically his entire career, his life, his marriage, his kids have all been while he's been with the A's. You know, that's what we talk about. There's a lot of people with the athletics that have given a, a good part of their lives and their careers to this great organization. And Steve Finelli is one of those guys. I got a chance to catch up with my friend at spring training. Here we go. Well, it's a special treat, and one of the reasons why is when you talk about the people that have been around the Oakland Athletics for a long time who've put their blood, sweat, and tears and a lot of their life into our organization, Steve Finelli, who is now the VP of Sales and Business Operations. I I remember you when uh, – you you were what head of tickets at the time? Ticket operations started in 1990, end of 1997. So I've been here for last year was my 25th year in baseball. I was here at the A's for 22 of the 25. So the good years. It, it's it, this you know the one thing that we like to do here on, on A's Cast is to talk about the people who work inside the organizations because so many times. We, 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 we highlight the players. Obviously, we're a baseball team. We're in the entertainment business. we got to talk about the players. But we don't talk enough about the people that work inside our organization, especially the people that have been in this organization for a long time, who have been your colleagues for a long time, because 
this organization has meant so much to you, your wife, your family, your kids. I mean, you've been in this thing a long time. I've been working here longer than I've been married, and I now have kids in college. So our whole lives have revolved around being at the ballpark. It's, um, you know, when you think about it, you know, we've been at the Coliseum consistently through that time. I left for a short period of time and went across the bay to work for the Giants, but I always had that pull to come back. And to me, it's just a special place. It's a special group of people. The athletics organization, like, you know, sometimes it's hard to see what real, how it really ticks on the inside. Um, but, but we're a group of people that always fight, battle, and we're great friends. It's family. It's my family. It's essentially my family. And it's, it's hard to replace that or replicate that. I've been so fortunate to be able to come to work at a ballpark and work with the people that we've worked with and the group that we have. And, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And it's a labor of love, too. You know, you started, I started as a kid. And uh, working in the ticket office as a as a 23 year old, you know, it's, 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 that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work, and it's a lot of hours. But uh, you know, you feel very fortunate every moment you're there to be at a major league ballpark and contributing to the greater good of something that is means a lot to a lot of people, and it's really special to be part of. I know it's always crazy when you say your kids are in college. I remember when they were little kids running around down here <laughs> in Arizona. <laughs> I remember riding, when your kids were young. They're now yeah, in college. Riding the uh, the go-karts around uh, Phoenix Muni. And, yeah. uh, oh, man, it's good times, great memories. And they they uh, they love being down here this time of year. Down in Arizona to kick things off, get things started, it's, uh, it's super special. And it's just like you wait for that moment that, you know, baseball starts. The first pitch tomorrow is going to be 26 year for me. You know, I, I'm going to step aside and just really take it in and, appreciate where we're at uh, and what we have to look forward to as an organization too it's good stuff now before we get into stuff going on with the a's for 2023 you're in charge of also down here in arizona and you're in charge of ho-ho cam and everything going on uh just for you as as right now to let everybody know when they listen to this spring training games are already going on but we're taping this before the actual first game tomorrow. So you're going to hear working on the stadium and everything. This part of it, how much do you love? Getting the stadium ready, getting ready for spring training, and then once the game starts, because it's a lot of fun being down here and our fans love it, and you're in charge of it. Uh, game is 24 hours away, and these guys are out here screwing in cup holders and seats, getting this place ready. We have a great relationship with the city of Mesa and our team on site down here. Joe Punn oversees the building as the general manager down here. Make sure that the fan experience and the building are dialed in from first pitch. And it's it's a beautiful building. I mean, we've, we've, we're going on now nine years here and after being at Phoenix Muni, and uh, we made this our home. And fans, as they come down here, they're going to get a good experience. They're going to get fun baseball, but also they're going to have great food selection they're going to have good interaction with the berm and the party spaces we have and it's just it's a great experience down here you have a chance to get close to the players um it's it's something that you know people look forward to and I, i'll look forward to first pitch tomorrow for sure and i've noticed out in right field on the berm you've got a new it's called the bullpen i haven't been out there yet but it's like a party deck that that you've added this year yeah party deck is cool we so Coming from Phoenix Muni, one of the things we didn't have was a berm. And the traditional spring training experience, you, you want to roll a towel out onto the grass, 
grab a couple of drinks, enjoy the day, have the kids play catch. It's part of spring being at spring training. So moving into this building gave us the berm. And now, you know, we looked at in 2021 when we had to do pod seating and separate people into little groups that uh, sitting out on the berm that, you know, there could be something there. Let's create a space then to where we step up just the grass experience and the berm experience and create more of a premium experience out there. And that bullpen, we're looking forward to hosting people in. And it just elevates the uh, the berm grass experience. You have your lounge chairs, your umbrellas, your get a little food and beverage in there. It's going to be a, a fun spot for fans to come out and just enjoy the berm in kind of a enhanced way. So people, you know, you think about spring training where you come out, you watch games, and all of a sudden the season starts. But this building doesn't close down. It, it, it's year-round. So how much are you thinking about this and all the different other events that go on here at Ho-Ho Cam throughout the year? There's fall ball here. The city the city takes the building back over in the off season. They maintain it. They run some smaller events through here. But uh, if you look around this place, it's an A's branded building. This is first and foremost the home of the Oakland A's for spring training. And, um, you know, we, we maintain it year round to ensure that when fans do show up in end of February, early March, uh, they, they feel like they're home and there's consistency and the experience is good. And so, yeah, the, the, the city of Mesa does a great job with this building. Um, we put uh, some renovation dollars into it nine years ago to get us over here. And it was the old cubs facility prior to them moving to sloan Um, but you'd never know when you walk into this building now it is a and it's nice to have a building branded a's it's uh you know from the exterior colors and the uh logos all over the place and the great photos that we have of some of our uh historic players it's 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 awesome you know for me you know as someone who who takes a lot of negative phone calls after games and there's a lot of stuff said about us and there's stuff that's said about the coliseum I, I i wish all fans could come down here and to see how beautiful our digs are down here whether you talk about fitch and i think that facility our practice facility is second to none the workout center all the fields it's absolutely beautiful yeah, absolutely. i wish everybody could see that it's state of the yard and then see this stadium because, yeah, because when you walked into Phoenix Muni, you're at Phoenix Municipal Stadium. You walk into this stadium, it's the Oakland A spring training home. It's beautiful. The We're on the field right now. The field's, field's beautiful. The background's beautiful. It truly is our building. Everything's A's everywhere. And I know not everybody can come down to spring training. It just doesn't work that way. But we should be very proud, and you should be very proud of what we have down here because – like I said, we, we take a lot of heat for stuff that happens back in the Bay Area, and we don't get enough love and praise for what happens down here. No, we take a lot of pride in this in this experience down here, and we're always trying to look to elevate it and make sure that we're improving each year to make sure that when fans come down, they have still that traditional experience, but we're finding new things like we did with the bullpen on the berm to just add new elements to the overall stadium. So, yeah, we, we love it down here. It's um, it's a lot of work and the team that we have we one of the great things we do down here actually is we work with grand canyon university asu it's a good starting ground for students in the sports management program to come in and see how a building runs or a ball game is put on so then they add that to their resume and we can pull them into the into the uh, full-time world hopefully at some point in oakland or they go elsewhere when they graduate so you know there's a lot of things that are happening here that are you know, giving chance to not only the students, but the community and uh, our fans that travel from out of state to 
from California to come down here. It's great. Now, I, I remember actually when, when uh, in Japan in 2019 with Dave Renetti trying to orchestrate the changes that were happening at the Coliseum from Japan. It was hilarious trying to I mean, he's on the other side of the world trying to manage all these different things that we were doing at the Coliseum. And obviously, anybody who goes to an A's game now, they see the upgrades that the A's have put into the Coliseum to make it a better experience. Then COVID hits. Kind of changes everything. No fans in 2020. Then we come out. We have to be separated and everything. What, from a business standpoint with the Coliseum, have we kind of learned and changed since coming out of COVID and we've gotten back to being you know, a regular organization, having as many fans as we possibly can have? Yeah, look, the, the experience at the Coliseum, when you're there to watch a ball game, you know, just the atmosphere, the, the diehard fans that are there, it's, it's second to none as far as I'm concerned. But then we enhance the building with new premium areas, the lounge seats, the four top tables behind the home dugout. Uh, the treehouse, I think, is a great place for people to watch the game. Um, poor Renetti, he's not able to come down here for spring training. He's up there working <laughs> 24 hours a day to make sure that that yeah. building's ready for opening day. Need power, baby. He, he is just pulling through right now. It's his tough time of year. But uh, when we do open the doors on opening day, it's amazing to see how things come together. Um, you know, like we just hosted, or we didn't host, but the building hosted motocross this past weekend. So, Poor Woody's got uh, dirt that's been sitting on that field for weeks that he's got to figure out now. Now we got to get this thing ready for Major League Baseball and opening night. Um, so the, the work that goes into that, I love this experience here. It's on a very small, small scale compared to what those guys are trying to do at the Coliseum to get that building ready. But when the doors open there and having just the, the type of areas like the Treehouse or Shy Park Tavern or areas where fans can can meet up and talk about the offseason and get ready for ace baseball it's it's a it's a good experience as well so with the stuff going on for opening day what are you excited about any ticket promotions promotions what excites you opening day for ace fans well right out of the gate it looks like we're going to have otani on the mound on opening night which uh I, I mean it's always great for the atmosphere in the ballpark it just it takes it up a level one of the greatest players on the planet will be on the mound against our team and honestly you know we are and just being down here the optimism of you're talking to all these guys i mean i yes it looks like we like this is it feels like things are moving in a good direction and the optimism and the i don't know if it's Kate's leadership or what's driving these guys but you know i'm excited to see that team get on the field and start competing again and i've seen this multiple times through the course of my career with the a's been doing this since the late 90s where you start to see that wave where things start to peak up and you start to acquire talent. And ultimately, that's what fans get excited about. That's what I get personally get excited about. And, and to see those next stories try to emerge from the, from the current roster, um, you know, I think that's the starting point. And then you get out to the ballpark and we, of course, we're going to do some great value nights. We got the Friday packs with four tickets and parking starting at 39 bucks and we got a number of other great offers we got phenomenal uh, promotions this year Catherine and her team put together you know it just feels back like we're back to normal we got the bobbleheads we got drone shows we got fireworks nights and look fireworks night on the field or watching a drone show from the field is an experience you can't get anywhere else in major league sports it's just something that is it's very it's a traditional experience, but also I think generations now of fans have gone through like sitting on a blanket and watching 
what I think is the best fireworks show in sports after the game multiple times a year. So we got a lot of that stuff to look forward to. Um, and it's just, it's going to be nice to just get back to baseball, the nightly routine of watching the A's coming out to the ballpark seven, eight, nine days in a row. It's like now that my kids are away at college, I don't have to worry about scooting out of there. Yeah. Night games, I'm, I, I'm there for the long haul. So the 10-day homestands, I love them. Oaklandathletics.com slash tickets. You can see all the ticket specials. You can see the promotions. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, traveling with the A's, I've been at other ballparks when they have their firework nights, and their fans aren't going onto the field. They're sitting in their seats, and, and I, I just expect, you know, you start thinking – Everybody does this right now. The A's are like one of the only teams that allows the fans to come down on the grass and let the fireworks go off right above them. Everybody else says, stay in your seat, don't touch the field. It's one of the coolest things we do. Plus, I always love Sundays and the kids running the bases. Ba- running bases are great. Running ba- I don't do it myself anymore, but <laughs> it's still a fun experience out there. The kids love it, and uh, it's part of who we are. We've done it for, for forever, and Renetti and the rest of the team, they're that's a Sunday's usually the end of a homestand, and it's a long homestand, but make sure that every last kid runs the bases and gets a chance to slide in the home. It's fun. And I know for us, I still love the Coliseum. It's old school. I mean, it's still I – mean, most places you can't tailgate. It still gives you the opportunity to tailgate. That doesn't happen with most stadiums around Major League Baseball. So, yes, we need a new ballpark, but let's enjoy the old charm while we still have it. It's a good time. It's still a good time. You come out to the ballpark. And, look, we – Championship Plaza, another thing I forget to, forgot to mention. It's like the food trucks, and I think we're going to do concert series out there. And it, like the team's doing what we can to make the experience as fun as it could possibly be, and that's all you can ask for. There's a group of people that worked here that worked 12 months out of the year trying to do the best we possibly can to make that game day experience memorable for fans, and, and that's, that's where we're at. And I think we have enough things out there when you come, if it's a Friday night or a Saturday to see a pregame concert or promotion that – it should be a good time. Well, I'll tell you what, we should do this a couple times a year and just let everybody know what's going on from the business side with the Oakland Athletics. But I've known you for a long time. You do an outstanding job, and uh, you're a big part of, of not only what we do now, but you're a huge part of where we are going and where we need to go. So uh, we want to have you on Ace Love Cast. it. We want to hear it, from you. Love it. No, I appreciate being on. This was super fun. Well, you are the best, and let's do this again soon. And uh, tomorrow – We're going to be gone, but tomorrow, sit back, take a deep breath, and just enjoy some baseball and the work that you guys do down here because the facility, the atmosphere is second to none. Love it. Thank you. Appreciate that. It means a ton. The VP of your Oakland Athletics, Steve Finelli, right here on A's Cast. Now, do you know what Steve Finelli is not? This will be great if you can guess this. Uh... What is he not? A broadcaster? No. Well, yeah, that's true. Okay. What is he not, though, when you look at the A's? What is he not? I'm not even going to venture a guess. I'll Something you, you love to talk about. An analytics guy? No. Well, probably, <laughs> actually, yeah. Yes. If you're in sales, yeah, you're yeah, data. Yeah, actually, yes. Okay. They're real data. <laughs> yeah. Data that makes money. <laughs> this hocus-pocus P-P-E-R-A crap, this is real data. What is he inside this organization? you love to talk about the vice president he is not a lower level employee that's true yeah when you're a vice president you're not lower level you're kind of a big deal like my man johnny are we at home today or on the road where the hell are we sloan 
Oh, that's right. We're in Sloan. Coming up next, we're gonna go. We're gonna talk to Johnny. Uh, my favorite spring training site. The Cubbies got it going on. They're on the what west side? I thought we, north, north, north. We looked this up. North central side of Chicago. What what side are they on? Oh, uh, north side. But I think they're they're west of Hohokam in Arizona. They're not west east southern side of Chicago. Uh, no, north side. They're the north side. Yeah, north siders. And there's somebody on like the south central east side. Uh, those the socks as they call them. Well, no, it's the so, white socks. The socks is, are the it red. It really is stupid. Man. They're the north siders. They're the south siders. It's so ridiculous. Uh, coming up next, we head to Sloan Park. We have our boots on the ground. The great Johnny Dosco will join us right here on A's Cast Live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Let's go. A little spring training baseball today, huh? Where's my man Johnny? Johnny on the spot as he's all over. Right the, here, buddy. All over the Valley of the Sun. That's right. I got to tell you, I don't know if you heard. I know you were listening in the background, but my favorite spring training location is Sloan Park. I think they without a doubt, did, have done the best job. The way they've kind of replicated part of Wrigley Field there, as much as you can do in Arizona, their gift shop down the right field line is better than most team shops in stadiums. Wow. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, Tony. I got here, and we've had some internet issues here, so trying to work those out. But it's a gorgeous ballpark, this Sloan Park, man. I've walked around a little bit, and, uh, man, it, it is nice, though, I'll tell you that. And that little grassy berm area, you're right on top of the action here, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of check things out after the after this game a little bit. I want to go into that team shop and see what you're talking about. It's nice. Look out in left field. So they got the berm, and then they got concessions. Then on top of it, it's called the rooftop, like you're at Wrigley Field on one of the roofs. That's people will sit up yeah. there for the game. I mean, it's like they, it's like they've created all these little cool things, and and, and it really is, you know, for Ace fans going over there, it, it, it's fun to go to these spring training spots because just the way they've designed these stadiums, and there's also the level where you can get uh, table service. They, they, they've done it for whether you're a Cub fan or an A fan or whoever. They've done it for the enjoyment of the fans. Yeah, and I'll tell you, all they need is the ivy out there, Townie. You know, if they, they get the ivy, make it really realistic. That would be, that would be nice because I know that you know Boston has a thing in Florida with Fenway. But I'll tell you, this is a yeah, this is beautiful, man. I'm looking forward to looking forward. I, I can't believe the, the Ace still is just two miles away. It was a pretty easy commute today. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the funny thing is like you don't realize how close we are to the Cubs. Obviously, we yeah. we play in the stadium. We originally. What did I say? It was like 1979 or whatever. We were at Ho-Ho Cam, but years later, the Cubs took it over. They were there for years, and now we are back. All right, what are we hot on today? Tell me. Christian Pache got a couple hits. Pache got a couple hits. Soderstrom almost hit for the cycle. Didn't even start. He came in in the fifth inning, got a single, double, and a homer. Uh, you know, 
it was it was fun. It was fun to see the, the young kids. I mean, Butler doing his thing. What new Butler? Uh, the, the sun came out, so Butler dominated. You know, so he he, he had a couple of hits. Uh, uh, we saw a monster home run from uh, from Kevin Crone. Uh, we saw some good pitching, Adrian Martinez. So yeah, we we saw a little bit of everything. A 14-14 tie, Townie. You don't see it often, uh, but that that's spring training for you sometimes, right? Did they miss a field goal at the end of the game? How did this happen? Yeah, they missed extra. No, yeah, no, 14-14. I mean, actually, you know, I'm glad these spring training games end in a tie because that game probably would have <laughs> probably would have uh, broken all sorts of spring training uh, records for this year for time of game because. Yeah, it was it was a it was a wild one, man. It was, I, and you knew that you knew that the the, the A's were going to tie it up at the uh, at the end there. You just knew, you just knew it. Well, you know, you were doing that game by yourself, and I think what the pitch timer teaches us that if that was not a game with a pitch timer and you're by yourself, that game easily would have been well over four hours. So it just goes to show. No question. 28 runs, 18 pitchers, all of that. The pitch timer still kept that to a manageable three hours and 16 minutes. No question. That game is 417, 438. If not for that, not for that pitch timer, that would have been a disaster. So yeah, it, that pitch timer does does help out a lot. We've seen, you know, I think most of these guys, I asked Kotze today about the pitch timer. Is are his pitchers adjusting? And he's really been pleased with how the adjustment a lot of these guys have made, especially the veteran guys. They, they made the adjustment after, you know, especially the veteran guys, like like guy like Trevor May, who who's, hasn't had the pitch timer, and he's learning it in his 30s. So, it, you know, look, it takes some time. I thought there would be more pitch timer violations at this point, Townie, but really they've, they've done well in making the adjustment, most of these, uh, these A's pitchers. You mean human beings can adapt? I lost you for a second, buddy. I, I said uh, it, it's amazing. Human beings can adapt. Isn't it crazy? I mean, yeah, they do adapt. And I, you know, look, it's, it's one of those things where you know, it's. I, I was, to be honest with you, I was kind of hoping it would be seventeen and twenty-two when this thing started. Eighteen and twenty-three, kind of work into it. Don't go straight into fifteen twenty. Dallas Braden disagrees with me. I know you disagree with me. Just go straight into it. Go fifteen twenty, but. I, I was kind of thinking it would be it'd be better if you started 17-22, worked your way in. But I know you disagree with me. You're like, no, let's let's go straight into it, go 15-20. Just tell these guys to make the adjustment. Most of them, and they're going to make the adjustment because uh, they're professionals. They're great athletes. So they're going to find a way to make an adjustment. But, yeah, it, it's uh, for, for a veteran guy, I'm sure that's pretty quick. You shake off a couple of signs, you're going to get a violation. Well, I, I'll tell you this. I would agree with you in regular life. In regular life, there's nothing wrong with starting and then changing and being flexible, adapting, being normal human beings in a workplace. But we're dealing with Major League Baseball players in the Players Union who don't act like that. And they're nothing but a pain in the you-know-what. So if you want to, like, give them a little bit and then try and change it, things can turn into a holy war. You have to just set the rules, tell them this is how you do it, because anytime you want to bring players' union and players into it, you got to realize the mess that it becomes because this isn't the real world. Right. You know, it's just like uh, Billy Bean's character uh... – Brad Pitt says in that Moneyball, he, say, he tells Jonah Hill, they're ball players. They can take it. They make the, they're ball players. They'll make the adjustment. You know, like tell them they're released. They want to hear it straight, and that's kind of exactly like what you're saying. Look, they're ball players. They're athletes. They're the best in the world. They'll find a way to make an adjustment. So, 
Personally, uh, Townie, I, I, I like the pitch timer when it was in AAA. It was 14-19 in AAA. I like it here. I think it's going to be a, it's a better brand of baseball. You're going to see more action. That's how this was in the, in the 60s and 70s, Townie. You know, this we had two-and-a-half-hour games because guy, guys didn't, you know, Mike Hargrove, you know, do all this stuff with it. No more. And, it, you know, you didn't have that. So, so it is a better brand of baseball. They will get used to it. And we will see uh, during the regular season some two-hour, 30-, 35-minute games. It's going to be good. All you have to do is go to that award-winning documentary, Baseball, by Ken Burns, and look at how the video yes. is where players were always running everywhere. No one walked. No one, no, one, no one loafed in from right field. No one was walking around. When the inning was over, they ran into the dugout, and the other team ran out onto the field. There was always hustle, right. hustle, hustle, hustle. Professional athletes were about movement and hustle. All of a sudden, we all unbutton our shirts. We got chains hanging out. We're all Johnny Cool guy, and we're taking four and a half hours to play a game. Get that stuff out of here. And already, the reports are from everybody. ESPN's done an article today. Uh, we're going to talk about that after you. CBS Sports has done an article today. Everybody's already saying the get off my lawn crowd who says there shouldn't be a timer in baseball. They're already being they already being proven wrong, and we're just in the first week of spring. Yeah, yeah, it's, I'm telling you, it's uh, people. Have, I don't think people even be talking about this here in a month or so. You yeah. know, we that's the beauty of spring training. The spring training, five or six weeks. By the time the, I think the goal of baseball, MLB, was by the time you get into this, uh, into the regular season, you get to late March, early April, we won't even talk about this. You, you'll have occasional pitch clock violation. But, Tony, let me ask you this What do you think of the idea that maybe in the playoffs, they'll get it to 2025 or 1823. Do you think, do you, do you like that? Do you think they should expand out the pitching a little bit to get, get a little bit more time when you get to the playoffs in the world series? I hate when people ask a question after a question, but can I ask you a question? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You just did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's okay. In American television, right. In American television and ratings, we're in the yeah. data business. Top 100, top right. 100 watch television programs, 82 are one sport. What sport is 82 of the top 100 programs watched in the United States of America? Call, call me crazy, but I think it's football. It's football. Now let me ask you another question. Yeah. When we get into the playoffs, when we get into the wild card and then the divisional round and then championship Sunday in the Super Bowl, do we change how the game's played? No. I think football works. I think football has figured out how to be successful. So should we change and allow things to get slower once we get to the postseason? My answer to your question is hell no. Okay. I like your style. I like your style, kid. I like that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk about this another time for sure. It's getting loud here. We'll talk about that another time for sure. Can, can, you, can, can you hear us? Say I, it one more time. Can you hear us? It's hard because the, the PA speaker is right above yeah. here, and this is the best place to do it. And we do so it's, it's challenging. So I'm sure I'm, People are seeing my big nose, right? Big, big nose in the camera right now. But yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to hear you a little bit. Are you solo today? I am solo today. Yep. Johnny Solo. I unless, love it. Unless Vinny, unless Vinny's coming in like in the third or fourth inning. I'm not sure. Hopefully, I, I don't know. I'll, either way. I'm good either way. 
All right. It's all good. I'll, I'll let you go. Have a great broadcast. We'll be listening. All right. Thanks, Tony. We'll see you. Good stuff. Johnny, right? At, I'm telling you. How many times have we dealt with that? This is what I've been told. Actually, the great Vittorio DiBartolo probably could back me up on this. New A's employee, longtime Raider employee. John Gruden at the Coliseum got them to put the speaker out in right center, pointing right down to the field to make it louder. And when you're on the field and they play the music and Matt Chapman was demanding that it was blaring, you can't hear. Like, we, we're on the field doing a show, Ace Cast Live, next to each other, and we couldn't hear. Right? Yes. The best is when Ray would, when the great Ray Fossey. Oh, Ray. Oh, Ray, Ray Fossey drove <laughs> You want to talk about a guy that drove Ray Fossey nuts? He would say, every time he come on, Tony, it's so loud here. Oh, and we would be looking at Chapman. Ray was the, God, I miss you, Ray. God, I miss Ray. Ray was the, Ray was the best. Ray was the best. We had such great, you know, we had such great conversations with him every day. Every day. Like, I don't have, con- like, I don't have conversations every day with people. You, but I don't talk to Ken every day. I say hello, sup, but have a, or vent. I talk to Ray Fossey every single game. Whether we did it, well, we, you know, I mean, we did a lot of interviews together. We'd be on every, but just conversations every day with Ray Fossey. Ray Fossey communicated with people every single day. He made it a point to let you know that you were important, you mattered, how's your family, how's that. I mean, every day, every day, every day he talked to you. Every day he talked to me. I would interview him every day. But every day he made a personal connection. Something that a lot of people you could learn from. As my mother would say, Ray Fossey was raised right. Ray Fossey was an amazing communicator. And he didn't even know. Like It wasn't like Ray Fossey took a business class and then decided that, hey, I, I need to reach out, touch people, let them know that I care every day. That was just who he was naturally. That was his DNA. What Ray did on, on a daily basis, they teach you. I mentioned Tony Robbins earlier. Tony Robbins would teach you to do that. Inside your office, inside wherever you work, make those personal connections. Let people know that you care. Make people believe that you care. Ray Fossey did that naturally. He had a gift of communication. And that's why all the guys he played with loved him. All the people he was around loved him. Was he opinionated? Of course he was. Did he have the big bravado because he was Ray Fossey? Of course he did. But there was so much love in that man's heart. And he loved you, the A's fans. He loved, remember, he never said A's. You know, he always said athletics. Oakland athletics, the athletics. He always said athletics. I'm sure there was a few times he said A's, but the majority of the time, he always said athletics. Ray loved this organization. He loved the people. He loved all of us, and we loved him. And that's why, it's, oh, did you notice at Ho-Ho Cam, they have the Ray Fossey yeah. on, the, uh, on the press box? Below the, below the broadcast booth, yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. You know, you have you, you, obviously somebody, Monty Moore, 
the legendary voice of the athletics for all those years. I mean, I, I know Bill King got the Ford C. Frick Award, but I think, you know, for so many people from Kansas City to uh, Oakland and then the World Series years, Monty Moore. But, yeah, Bill King, you know, now Ken Korak, the voices. But Ray Ray's different than that because Ray was a player. Ray, Ray was an all-star. He was a gold Rawlings Gold Glove winner. Yeah, yeah. The you, always, you had to put Rawlings. Never say Gold Glove. You don't. You just say Gold Glove. Ray Fossey would correct you. It's a Rawlings Gold Glove. I mean, he'll be somebody that we will always remember and cherish. He's the type of person we will, as long as we're alive, we will honor him. And hopefully, that's a long time. But we will always, because Ray, the love, the respect that he had for everybody in this organization will uh, will never be forgotten. I have some. I on our. Um, drive here for all of our spots and stuff. I have a whole uh, folder for just Ray Fossey audio, so I have a bunch of his wild drops and the open we used for when he came on the show. A couple of his call uh, calls, uh, him and Ken calling Jason Kendall's home run uh, when Kendall hit a big home run, who also led the team in stolen bases. And if we looked at this like in 06, Jason Kendall led the team in steals. Like I like this is like this is like what Ray was always known for the wow. Wow. <laughs> So I have a bunch of those. And Ray did it the right way. The majority of ex-players do not go into the clubhouse, do not talk to the players. They get on the buses with them. They get on the planes with them, and that's it. Not Ray Fossey. Ray Fossey did the job the way the job was supposed to do, was supposed to be done. He knew he talked to the manager every day. He talked to the coaches. He talked to the players. He knew everything that was going on, and all the players knew. You know, they knew Ray Fossey. And I think for some players it was always like, wow, this guy is – he's omnipresent because they're not used to that because they go to other organizations and, you know, we pay ex-player. We're so enamored with ex-players. We're so enamored. They're just – they're so special because they played big league baseball that we have to pay them and, and pay such tribute to guys because they made it to the highest level. It's a little, at times, a little much for me because a lot of them don't work hard. Here's a dirty little secret. They don't work hard. They show up, and they get paid based off who they are and what they did, not what they're doing for you now. That's just a reality. Not our guys. Like, Ray Fossey's not like that. Dallas Braden is not like that. Dallas Braden, I mean, we can vouch for it. Dallas Braden's down there while guys are throwing bullpens. Yeah, no, it's true. (laughs) He walks by us every time we're out e- on the field. Emo was his coach. Scott Emerson was da- – Dallas is still – I don't know. How old is Dallas? He's not 40 yet. He's still – I think he's in his late I 30s. mean, I, I've i covered all these guys. So, like, Dallas Braden – covering Dallas Braden seems like years ago for me. But he's still young. Dallas Braden is 39. He'll be yeah. 40 in August. Scott Emerson, our pitching coach, coached, coached Dallas. Like, Dallas has been in our organization all these years – all the coach, you know, that's the great thing about being with the A's is that the A's is like a family, right? Everybody's been here forever. Everybody, right? We've all been here for a long time. So Dallas played for all these guys. So Dallas, Dallas is unique. Well, Dallas is just unique as a person. Uh, yes. And D- Dallas a lot like We can vouch for that too. <laughs> Dallas, like Ray, is a people person. So Dallas isn't sitting up in the press box going, well, you know, I played in the big leagues. Hell no, Dallas is down there while guys are throwing bullpens. We see it all the time. Dallas is on the field talking to players, but, like, Dallas, it's like crazy. Dallas may be the only guy who's doing television in Major League Baseball who actually goes down 
and is like a part of the process, right? He's talking to pitchers. You'll see him fidgeting with grips, talking to guys. He's watching the data because we have all these we have all this technology as guys are throwing bullpens. Dallas is down there looking at it, and he's with Scott Emerson. He and Scott Emerson are buddies. They're boys. So it's like Dallas is a unique bird uh, in his own right. So we've done a great job this last 10 minutes of building up and talking about, you know, Ray and Dallas. Should we – Don't get me – don't hey, if you're going to bring up Ray Fossey, just expect that I'm going to pay my, my, no, no. my respects to a man that I love. No, no, for sure. Are, are we ready to tear down a guy now, or? Oh, uh, you and your talk radio background. <laughs> it's always gotta. We always gotta get negative. <laughs> Who you want to tear down? I got the rally monkey here. I got Nolan Ryan up here for the Rangers. Where's my snow globe for the Seattle Mariners? Safeco Field. You call it T-Mobile. Who you want to rip? Should we tear down Buster Olney, our friend? Oh, Bolton board material. All right, you want to rip us? I, I'm i ready to go. All right, so Buster Olney on Baseball Tonight, his podcast yesterday, previewed the Oakland A's. I have the full audio. Here's what Buster had to say about the A's. The Oakland Athletics. The A's are coming off a season in which they lost 102 games and had a run differential of negative 202, Ooh. the worst in the American League. It's not good. Gone, but not forgotten. Just about everybody. Tony Kemp is still around, and so is Seth Brown and Ramon Laureano. But Sean Murphy, the team's best player last season, is gone, as is Chad Pinder. Even pitcher Cole Irvin, who isn't even eligible for arbitration yet, he's been dealt. The Athletics have regularly changed their roster in the last three decades, but what they're doing is extreme by even their standards. The highest-paid player on the team right now is Trevor May, who'll make $7 million this year, or about what Justin Verlander will make by the end of April. Newcomers. The A's traded for catcher Manny Pena and signed outfielder Ledmus Diaz, infielder Jace Peterson, and they signed Shintaro Fujinami, who has a nasty splitter. Breakout star. Shea Langoliers was the centerpiece of Oakland's trade of first baseman Matt Olson to the Braves last spring, and he made his debut in 2022, hitting 218 with a 691 OPS. Langoliers was regarded as a top 100 prospect going into 2022, and he'll likely get a lot of opportunity to advance this year. The X Factor. In previous seasons, the Athletics might have been doomed to face a brutal schedule in the American League West, which includes the defending champion Astros the ascending Mariners, as well as the improved Angels and Rangers. But the new balance schedule might provide some relief for Oakland and rescue them from a 110-loss season. The Baseball Tonight Podcast win projection. Sarah Lang says 65. Hembo, 60. Pagoda projects 64.6, which I just can't fathom in a tough division. I've got Oakland with 58. 58 wins. 58! I'll bet a steak dinner on that, Buster Olney. <laughs> I, you know I like me some steak, and you know I like steak dinners. Because you know why I like steak dinners? You want to know why? Um, there could be a myriad of reasons, but. Let me tell you why I like steak dinners. Because I like prime beef, and I like to treat myself. Because <laughs> when you go into a nice steakhouse, you're getting top-of-the-line service. You're getting top-of-the-line quality food. And that's how I like to live my life. Profiling, Rolex wearing. Where is he? Where's my guy, Ric Flair? You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. 
and it's, I'm having a hard time keeping these alligators down. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's how I live my life. <laughs> so I bet steak dinners since I work in baseball because there is that thing that uh, we walk into the clubhouse that says we can't gamble. Correct. Can we officially gamble on other sports? I don't know the answer to that. I just not like. I'm we, the worst person to ask that uh, too. We can't even play fantasy baseball. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah. But if I could gamble, we, but I can gamble steak dinners because there's no way you could ever prove that I influenced a game by betting a <laughs> by by betting a ribeye and, uh, and cream spinach. Oh, I will bet Buster only a steak dinner. And I'll even fly it to him in Montana now where he lives that we win more sh- than 58 games. You should email him that, or, uh, or text him and tell him, we listen to we listen to the podcast. Hey, we- you something. Sp- By the way, he didn't even mention when players acquired, he didn't even mention anchor down J.J. Bladet coming over. He's a Vandy guy. And by the way, Ledmus Diaz, he's another one that everybody says his name differently. Like, if you think Ledmus Diaz is going to be tough this year for some people – Wait till you get a hold of Ruiz's first name. He had Boog Shambi on yesterday, and they were talking about how Boog says names for MLB because Boog's the voice of MLB to show the video game. Yeah. I was I was like, please tell me you're going to get to SC Ruiz and how he says it. He did not bring him up. but I don't know how we're going to say it because I, I, we have Mr. Ruiz saying his own name and can't even figure it out. So the whole thing with Buster is we both disagree. We think they're going to go over 58 wins. All I have to remember, to win this steak dinner bet, the A's only have to win 59. Yeah. yeah. Which right, I if it's 58, so basically. They won 60 last year, and the team's better than last year. I mean, all I have to do is win 59 games, and I win a steak dinner. So it made me think of a scene from Major League. All right. That is one of the best, and this is how I feel Mark Kotze should address the, the team on opening day. I'd just like to point out that every newspaper in the country has picked us to finish last. The local press seems to think we'd save everyone a lot of time and trouble if we just went out and shot ourselves. (laughs) Me, I'm for wasting sports writers' time. So I'd like to hang around and see if we can give them all a nice big burger. Lou. The great Lou Brown. Oh, Lou Lou was a motivator of men. We talk about we're gonna we're gonna play Fran Reardon tomorrow, the real leader of men. Lou, Lou Brown was, was the original leader of men. Oh, he was a leader of men. The, the, one of the best scenes from the movie is whenever the, Charlie calls in the GM. He goes, "Hey, Lou, this is Charlie from the Indians, the then Indians. How would you like to manage the Indians this year?" Oh, I don't know, Charlie. I got a guy on the other line of my white walls. Can I call you back? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I forgot how funny Major League is. Maybe I need to go back and watch that. Maybe, you know, before the season starts, get a little natural, Bull Durham, uh, Field of Dreams. Moneyball. Uh, Moneyball. Uh, we play enough Moneyball here <laughs> that you, you don't need to. Uh, Major League. Maybe we just need to do, do just do a little movie night and start watching some baseball. Great baseball movies. It's baseball, Ray. But, yeah, that's the first thing I thought of when I hear anyone say that the A's are going to win fifty under 60 games. Nah. But Buster said – Eh. The the balance schedule is going to help us avoid 110 losses. I don't think they're going to lose 110 games in the first place. All right, whatever. Uh, coming up next, Bo, by the way, tomorrow, we do have the Giants. We're doing Giants tomorrow. The great Marty Laurie. That is Bay Area Radio Hall of Famer 
Marty Lurie will join us tomorrow. The and, great Marty Lurie. And Fran Reardon, the leader oh, of Oh, my God. I mean, that the star power of tomorrow. I might not be able to sleep. Coming up next, A's baseball from Sloan Park in Mesa, Arizona. It's the Cubbies. It's the Athletics right here on A's Cast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.